Welcome, everyone, to another thrilling edition of You Wouldn't Get It. Connor McPartland, alongside younger brother and co-host, Aiden McPartland. Say hi to the people, Aiden. Hello. Aiden, we had uh, a couple stars align here. We did a podcast not too long ago, and you sort of brought up how you wanted to do an episode on sort of the current state of late night. And then we got all these big news pieces about the current state of late <laughs> yeah. night that came out after you said that. Some big news. Um, we had a new late night show premiere last week uh, after midnight, hosted by comedian Taylor Tomlinson on CBS. And the ratings were, drumroll please, fine. They were just fine. Yeah. Uh, 579,000 viewers Which was for the a show average. after midnight, as the title suggests, yep. is like... Sure. It's, it's actually twelve thirty-five too. They just couldn't call it after twelve thirty because mm. I'm sure that doesn't. But have hey, the it's same after midnight. It. That's true. It is. Um, that is just down from the uh, final season of the Late Late Show, which it was replacing. That averaged about eight hundred thousand viewers. And then the other big piece of news was that John Stewart announced he was going to be returning to host the Daily Show every Monday through the election. And uh, the rest of the days, they would just continue with having correspondence, with having guest hosts. Um, this continues a very odd past two years yeah, for the Daily it's Show. Been very confusing, very unfortunate for them. Yeah, but I just don't even know what they're doing. Well, so for anyone who doesn't know the story, Trevor Noah left The Daily Show at the end of 2022. They had a series of guest hosts, some celebrities, some correspondents fill in. And then in the spring of 2023, they, to my understanding, offered Hassan Minaj the job. They were going to announce him as host. And then this piece in The New Yorker came out in which he basically admitted to fabricating a lot of these stories in his stand-up bit. And the people at Paramount who want The Daily Show to go back to what it was during the Jon Stewart era, being the you know one of the biggest shows on television. Being the biggest news source. Yes. I uh, thought that having somebody who lied during stand-up would not be a good look for them. And so they basically backed out of the deal. Hassan Minaj filed a lawsuit. I don't know if it ever went to court or not. Uh, but since then, they have just had these guest host cycles, which kind of made their win at the Emmys all the more hilarious because yeah. it, they looked like a very stable, nice, happy family with Trevor Noah up there when really behind the scenes, it's kind, it's, of, fallen. It's kind of chaos. But uh, I thought we could just kind of talk about late night appearing to be sort of on its last leg it here is, coming out it of the strike. On a, it's, a, it's in a very unfortunate situation. I just, I just don't think whoever created late night shows knew where the world was gonna possibly be because i don't think anybody could have guessed that at the tap of a button like there could be a late night show yeah playing i think that's a huge part of it obviously youtube social media is now a lot more important to these late night shows than mm -hmm. same day viewers i mean if you look at the ratings right now colbert is leading the quote-unquote late night wars he's leading with 1.88 million same day viewers followed by jimmy kimmel at 1.68 jimmy fallon has fallen all the way down to third place um with 1.3 million and then seth myers gets less than 800,000 viewers uh a night again live same day viewers mm -hmm. that's not something that a lot of people do because yeah. these they put all of the show pretty much on YouTube in separate clips that you can watch the next morning. You if can you get the to. highlights the very next morning yeah. instead of staying up until 1030 to watch 
I also think something that has really changed is there's a lot more of an importance on the celebrity interview mm-hmm. than there was, yes. I feel like, during the Johnny Carson and David Letterman days, where I think both of those guys hated doing the celebrity interview um, and were sort of like, well, you need you need to come on my show that has like 10 to 11 million people watching to promote your product. Yeah. So you'll play by my rules. Whereas now the hosts need the celebrities yes. to come on their show. So they, the publicists sort of have all the power when it comes to this exchange. Yes, they absolutely do. It is the tides have just turned so, so much because there's a lot more celebrities. Yes. There's a lot more, like subcultures of people who think like this person is a, like a superstar and then mm-hmm. the other group doesn't know. Yeah. There are very few can cut like everybody knows that this person is a star. Right. And no matter what, like even for somebody like, uh, like if you were to interview, like I remember when Seth Myers interviewed Rachel Sennett. Yes. I was like, this is yeah. the coolest thing in the world. That was like her first late night show, I think. I was like, this is the coolest thing in the world. And I are I just know that probably not a lot of people would have tuned in for that episode because they don't exactly know who Rachel Sennett is. Well, and I think the problem is, to, I think there's two problems. I think one, like celebrities can sort of manage their own uh, public appearances through social media nowadays. Mm-hmm. But also there's an importance on these interviews, but they're still trapped in this old fashioned talk show. That's what I was yeah, That's what I wanted to get into is that still these talk shows are very formulaic. Yes. These talk shows definitely are still going around the side of, uh, before the show starts, you're going to be telling me a story. And then once you get out there, you're going to be essentially retelling the story. And I might make a quip here and there. Yes. That's, Kind of what the Larry Sanders show was making fun of it, in its entire run. That's why I was so which genius. Is, which is like still like a show that's so ahead of its time. In I, that I find so it so genius. funny when like Jimmy Kimmel uh, is like praising the Larry Sanders show, but it's like, yeah, but like your show is the same doing thing, the exact you know? same thing. Yeah, like your interview with Olivia Rodrigo would literally be like an episode of Larry Sanders. That would be really good if somebody w- were to reboot that and Olivia Rodrigo came on and played herself. Uh, it was just trying to be like interview. a Gen Z yeah. kid. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the these interviews are usually only 10 to 11 minutes long and they're sort of white noise to me. Like, I don't get mm-hmm. anything from these interviews. I get stories that I already knew beforehand. I get stories that I, like, read on an IMDb, like, trivia yeah. page. Yes. Like, these aren't, like, new groundbreaking stories, which is also, like, an, like when Johnny Carson and David Letterman were hosting, mm-hmm. it was, like, Oh, I don't see the celebrity a whole lot except in tabloids. So I gotta, I gotta watch. Everybody has social media now, and there's like a 24 hour news cycle where everything is being talked about all of the time. So, and then these talk show hosts just kind of talk about something that I don't care about at all, or I don't find interesting, at least. Something that I noticed when all these shows went to Zoom during the pandemic was the audience kind of slows things down too a little bit because oh, yes. I I would be interested to like time a video and see how much time is spent in silence while the audience applauds because it could be like a quarter of the interview in some of these cases, but also the host feels the need to explain stuff. Mm-hmm. And 
you're getting a like the celebrity is going to act different because they're in front of people you know they're in front of their audience they're not going to be as like open or revealing and in some cases they might be a little bit awkward because they're not necessarily used to performing (laughs) in front of people despite the fact that they might be an actor or musician or whatever and i think that leads to like the the rise of podcasts which has really hurt these late night shows yeah I mean, you can, starting with, like, Mark Marin and, and going on, like, you can get 45 minutes to an hour of this person. It's one-on-one most of the time, so they're much more open. Mm-hmm. A lot of the big stories that you hear celebrities say uh, come from these long-form podcasts. I just get more. It feels more like an actual conversation, which you cannot I say actually from shows. get to, like, witness the human being that is that is talking you know i don't I, I don't just get to like see a facade that they're putting on or like their presenter voice yes i don't get to see i get to actually just see the person and not the star this is this is really bad with with jimmy fallon like it feels mm-hmm. like both people you already have a host who feels like he's playing a persona a different character and then you also get that with the celebrity because i feel like they feel the need to match his sort of enthusiasm so like i saw like glenn powell on his show recently and that and it was just like two versions of the same guy (laughs) like both being super super energetic laughing a lot they were both laughing at each other's jokes all the time and that's not something that you necessarily get with like an episode of smartless it's been crazy to see like the rise of smartless where it starts off and i'm like they're only going to do this during the pandemic and they it's four years on they just signed a deal with sirius xm for a hundred million dollars to take the rights to that that podcast like it is huge because it's like celebrities talking to celebrities yeah that's the thing that's that's the thing we still love celebrities i we love yeah celebrities who doesn't love celebrities i love celebrities you love celebrities yep but these talk shows don't get us to like what we love about the celebrities. Yeah. Like when you see Emma Stone on a talk show, mm-hmm. it's just, there's just always something off about it because she's presenting. And then you listen to her on Smartless and you're like, oh, she's the yeah. coolest human. Because she's much more open, I think, even though they know, obviously, that this is going out to the public. Sometimes you get lost in that a little bit, too, yeah. when you're just having a one-on-one conversation and you sort of forget that you have a microphone in your hand. Um, another example of this, I don't know if you saw, but like Nathan Fielder and Emma Stone yeah. went on Jimmy Kimmel to promote The Curse. And Nathan Fielder was being Nathan Fielder. <laughs> he was doing mm-hmm. a bit. And where I'm like, sometimes the audience drags these shows down is he's not necessarily he's not going for laughs he's not he's Nathan he's, Fielder. that's not his comedy that's not he's not a stand-up comedian he is an experimental guy who is making he's you know generations andy kaufman exactly and so like it was pretty silent and i think kimmel could tell that and he's trying to move the conversation along and do some other things i i applaud him because i don't think like jimmy fallon would allow that to happen on his show but that's what i mean like he could have easily done that on like i mean maybe it wouldn't have been the same bit on a podcast but i don't know like he wouldn't have had to play off the audience which wasn't giving him anything yeah i i I did watch that clip and yeah there was the audience is just... I don't like audiences. I don't like I think either. that's where I've landed. I just don't like audiences. Award shows shouldn't have audiences. Uh, sitcom shouldn't have audiences. Applause yes. is 
Applause is like, uh, how do I, how do I say this? Applause is like the knife in like an interview. It's very, very uh, dark. You got very I don't dark know. there. I don't know. It just like, it destroys any momentum. Mm-hmm. And it just gets really repetitive and annoying. That's the thing, too, is, like, when you can feel a celebrity, like, opening up or something. Maybe not opening up, but they're sort of, like, on a roll, and it seems like they're having a legitimate conversation. You, The audience might, like, laugh, and then you have to pause for the audience to laugh. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they also have, like, a producer in their ear being, like, four minutes, three minutes, two yeah. minutes, one minute, commercial break, commercial break, uh, which I'm sure isn't easy. Isn't it hilarious to see all these former late-night hosts now succeed with the podcast that they now have i was just gonna bring up conan yep because i think definitely conan now is way more popular than he was when he was on conan the tbs show, the tbs yeah. one yeah. yes the tbs and now his podcast conan needs a friend mm-hmm. I, I mean, I definitely don't know the numbers but i feel like it's a very popular show i think it is and it's it, again like it's because uh, I was watching the past few years there, it was a, it wasn't like rough. Like he was still trying, but it was a ten, a twelve thirty five late night show on TBS. He couldn't necessarily get the biggest names. Like yeah. occasionally he would get like Matt Damon or somebody, but otherwise it'd be pretty like C level guests that he would get to come on. And now with this podcast, like I listened to the episode with Bill Hader is so it's great. Genius. It is. It should be put in a museum. It's it should be studied. So great because a he's like a huge fan of Barry, and they're able to talk about Barry in a meaningful way. That's not just like so you play a hitman. But uh, you want to be an actor. Yeah, that's the other thing. I love, I want specific questions about specific things. And podcasts do that. Late night shows can't do that because they're like, well, probably this audience hasn't seen this episode. Sean Fantasy is really good on the big picture of doing that whenever he has one. He just talks for like 30 minutes about that specific project. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and yeah, it just feels like more of a casual conversation with Conan. Did you know that Trevor Noah has his own podcast that he started? Yeah, he started it. Uh, last November, I think, called What Now? And again, very similar. And he was somebody who left because he just couldn't handle, he was starting to get too exhausted by the four shows a week. Mm -hmm. And so he started this podcast. And yeah, he's just having celebrities on and he's talking to them for like 50 minutes and it feels much more like a a conversation. Um, So where do you think we're going? Like in the next five years, where do you think late night's going to be I think at? late night is still going to be hanging by a thread. But here's the, the thing is, is that these hosts aren't going to like bow out anytime soon, except for maybe Seth Meyers. I could see Seth Meyers in the next few years being like, I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to take off. Hopefully him and, or maybe NBC, you know, mm-hmm. stepping in. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't really matter because at some point, these hosts are going to, like, probably call it quits. They're probably yes. going to retire or at least stop doing the show. But I think that'll just be the nail in the coffin. I think that'll be the death of it because I'm not sure anybody's going to want to host these shows. And even if they do want to host the shows, I just don't think anybody's going to care to watch the shows. And then it'll probably go on for like maybe a year. Yeah, I, I kind of had that down too. I thought like whenever Jimmy Fallon decides to leave The Tonight Show, they'll just stop making The Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be the last host of that. Um, same with like Colbert and like I think even Seth Meyers. If it happens 
within the next two years, maybe they get somebody to take over, but yeah. that's a huge rebrand that, that is you'll a, have to do. That's also a huge ask for that person. Yes, that's... Like, this is going to be your life for probably the next, like, ten years. Oh, absolutely. and Which is, like, what they all end up signing up for. But, like, when you look at, like, Fallon... Like, he goes from Late Night to The Tonight Show. Mm -hmm. So, like, they didn't have to completely rebrand The Tonight Show because uh, people had already known him for the 10 years or whatever that he was hosting Late Night. I, and the the main reason why these shows are on is because of the advertising, because of, like, the money that broadcast is getting. And it is losing, it's losing. money. It's it losing is. money in an astonishing way and i don't know that might i i don't think it's gonna happen like within the next five years might not even happen within the next six years but within the next 10 12 a like decade we could see is some a long time major changes yeah absolutely i also think it, they might have to go fallon is the only one that does five shows a week and I highly doubt that he actually records anything on Friday. Mm -hmm. um, but I could also see them just reducing the episode orders, too, and maybe only yeah. doing three shows a week. Um, Once that happens, though, that's when we have to be a little bit wary. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, boy, this, is, this might be, this might be, we might be nearing the finish. It, I, it was pretty surprising to me. I know this is pretty dark, but it was pretty surprising to me that they continued to, like, get the staff paid and didn't make significant cuts during the strike. Mm -hmm. I would have thought that five months in, that would have been the one spot that they would have hit would be the late night shows and all the people that they I think employ. The, I think the reason they didn't do that, because if they like cut down on the staff of any late night show, the, they would just end the show. Yeah. Like if definitely if Myers did that. And I even think if like Colbert's writing staff got cut, Colbert would just leave. Yeah. I, I think that's true. Um, who do you have a favorite amongst the, f I, we didn't really talk about John Oliver, but I don't really think count. of John Oliver in the same way. No, he's not a, he's probably, he's definitely the one that I could see continuing in the next 10 years. Like I could definitely yeah, oh, still see him doing absolutely. that show. Absolutely. I could see him do a, John Stewart run. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, I'm Bill Maher is still on the air and he's getting like 10 times the viewership numbers <laughs> Bill Maher is. So, yeah. Um, let's see. I, I, I do enjoy Colbert's interviews. I mean, it's Myers is my favorite. Yeah. N like no too. question. Mine like too. no question. I think is the best interview style. I yeah. think he is. I think he, I probably find him the funniest. I was just about to say, I think he's, the, the yeah like the funniest one of the, of the I just, four. yeah i just think he's really he, he's very fun to watch and he seems like a very cool dude there's also like a like he started after the pandemic he stopped wearing suits mm -hmm. he doesn't do like a traditional stand-up monologue he just sits behind his desk like he feels like the one that's doing the most casual version of a yes. late night show and isn't doing like we were talking about the stereotypical larry sanders-esque yeah talk show i'm glad that you brought up colbert though because i think it started off really rocky mm -hmm. the late show it just did not work and he was I, I i mean he had played a character not only for the nine years that he was on the colbert report but also for all those years he was yeah. on the daily show like he had only <laughs> kind of been he had never really been like stephen colbert and i think something just kind of switched during the pandemic and i think that he i think post trump he got just a lot more relaxed yeah i think that's a good I, way to put it I, I just i also do i thoroughly enjoy his interview style mm -hmm. and it still is kind of in that same vein of like 
uh, conversation. And the yeah. guests definitely do seem like they're just chilling out a little he, bit. He, when he has like admiration for somebody, he yeah. really shows it. Oh in my there. god! Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's also really smart too. Oh yeah, like the absolutely. clip of him uh, and his theory on what the fox is and Fleabag and telling yes. it to Phoebe Waller Bridge. Yeah. that's what i mean like he he does seem like he watches a lot of the stuff that his guests are on to promote and when he likes something he will do what we were talking about before and ask a lot of in-depth questions like he had like a 25 minute interview with martin scorsese and a lot of the questions were just about killers of the flower moon Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think i think he's been able to sort of find his voice a little bit um yeah it just took a while it did it took a it took a very long i would say it took like six or seven years and i and i was like i would hear him in other interviews too and i'd be like where's this guy like i'm just getting this boring white guy (laughs) that's on the late show where's this super super funny guy that i'm hearing in all these interviews i think and then i think okay i think strike force five kind of changed well that's a good point too because that sort of meshes what we were talking about like it was, i just remembered it i yeah. just remembered strike force five and how i was like wow all of these people are really good in this podcast setting yep hmm. <laughs> it was interesting like that uh the strike force lives game show was probably oh, the so funniest funny. moment of any talk show in the past five years and it wasn't on a late night talk no, show yeah. Uh, but you're right. Like it was unedited. Even when they would have like John Stewart on to like interview it was so or fun. something, it was like, so it's... fun. I always hate like I always hate when there are like 17 interviewers of somebody. But yeah. when it's like that group of people, I could just listen to them talk and make fun of yeah. each other for a while. It really, it really worked. And yeah, I thought for a second like this might just be their <laughs> their new jobs. But yeah, it worked really well. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of You Wouldn't Get It. Goodbye.